When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, good morning. This is Giddy Up with Gareth Hall on this Friday. It is the 6th of October. Time is flying. It's Turnbull Stakes Day to Murray Hill Stakes Day up there in Rose Hill. As always on a Friday, it's a busy show. A lot to fit in in the next hour and a half. We'll catch up with Dean Evans shortly from Winning Edge Investments. Nick Ashman will join us. Chris Nelson will go through his best at Doombin tomorrow. Benny said with Caulfield. Um, we'll also have a chat to Dean Watling regarding that Randwick meeting. And Mitchie Lewis will preview Morfordville. Um, Belmont preview. In fact, it's a Kalgoorlie preview there with Riley Morgan. We'll look at some of the feature harness racing events, including tomorrow night there at uh, Tabcourt Park, Melton, where we've got a terrific program there with the heats of the Derby and the Oaks and also the Smoking Up Sprint, which sees the return of Catch a Wave. And the Million Dollar Chase semifinals are on, so we'll have a chat to Simon Orchard as well. So... Strap yourself in. It will be a busy hour and a half. Plus, we'll find you a winner today across the three codes with Giddy Up's bag of tips. Today's wagering update brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. From Winning Edge Investments, which you can start betting like a professional, chances are you're about to lose. Dean Evans joins us on this Friday morning. G'day, Dino. G'day, Gareth. How are you going? I am very well, mate. Um, looking forward to the Turnbull Stakes, first of all. And the market interests me with Bet365 because you've got this superstar Hong Kong galloper who has to carry 59 kilos with this race being set weights and penalties, which makes it interesting for, for Romantic Warrior tomorrow because only the really good horses can get the job done with that weight. But I think he's exceptional and... He's hovering around the $2 quote now. Gold trip, the rain around for him's helped him, and he's firmed in nearly half his quote since Wednesdays into $11 with Bet365. Francesca Guardi at 19 West Wind blows at $8. The European Galloper for Simon and Ed Crisford. Ozapenko, $7. Solcom, eight fifty. Then Right You Are, $19. And then big prices for the rest. Goldman's at 50 to one but he is still an emergency in that field. Um, how do you read this year's Turnbull Stakes, mate? Yeah, look, it's, it's always a great race. The horses on that Cups and, and Cox Plate path, and it's that sort of fork in the road for them to decide where they want to go. Uh, for some great winners for the last 12 years, Winks, very elegant, incentivized, Hartnell, uh, Green Moon. So, you know, it's, it's a good horse's race. Um, it's an interesting race to profile. There's a few things that sort of stand out the last 12 years. 11 of the winners have been either third up or fourth up. Um, so, you know, they struggle to win sort of first or second up. All 12 of the winners have come off either a two-week or a three-week break. Interestingly, all 12 runners have drawn inside barrier nine, so, so nothing that's drawn in double figures has been able to, to win this race. Um, seven six-year-olds over 12 years, and then a couple of four-year-olds and five-year-olds. Uh, nothing's won above 57.5 kgs, um, and, and Chris Wally's won five of the last eight and then won second another four times, so this is certainly his race. Uh, it looks to be an average sort of speed. I think Goldman should lead pretty easily. But you've sort of got Bankmore, Raichiwa, 
um, Uncle Bryn, and then and then the two internationals, Westwood Blows and the Mantic Warrior, will be sort of on pace there. Um, you know, the race really sort of uh, starts with Romantic Warrior, obviously the Hong Kong superstar, ten wins and fourteen starts. So Max Woodman three times, he won every time. Um, you know, on ability and ratings, he would win this. But I think I think there's really a few queries on the horse. He's you know, there's definitely been a few rumblings that I've heard from a, a few insiders about just how well the horse has travelled. You know, how he's sort of settled in, eaten since he's arrived. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, where he's sort of at in the yard. Uh, he carries 59 kgs. No horse has won this race the past 12 years above 57 and a half. And he's also drawn out 11 and then not, nothing in the last 12 years has won uh, with a double-figure barrier. So he's got a few few question marks. Obviously, the Cox place is the, um, is the target. And I just sort of have a feeling like this horse might be, might be under for his first run, particularly when there's been, you know, just little rumblings around how, how well he's travelled. Um, you know, I think the two that rate really well, Ossipenko, who just he got home, finished really strong with the fifth in the wink stakes, hit the line well again in the Memsey, and the eighth quickest last September of the day. He was good in the Maccabi Diva, which is the, you know, it's the strongest Australian form for this. Again, he was hitting the line really well, won third with the best late sectionals. I think this is the race, you know, that he's been set for. Ossipenko fourth up. Um, he's drawn perfectly, maps well. He looks a really strong chance. And then, you know, Westwood blows. Um, 12 starts with five wins and five placings as an import. Uh, you know, one over two, 2,000 metres long champ by a couple of lengths. He ran second with Ascot to pile drive. He beat Hope Changing of the Guard and the Melbourne Cup favourite from last year, Dover Legend. He ran third in the Coral Eclipse, which is, you know, one of the biggest races uh, by a long way to Paddington. He beat home Dubai Honour, who, uh, you know, obviously tailed up Animo and the rest of them over here last year. Um, you know, he, he's, he's just a, a class, class animal as well. Um, and uh, and the reports have been pretty good in terms of how well he's travelled over. Um, so, you know, he looks a really strong chance, I think. The other the other horse had a bit of odds. He ticks absolutely every historical box is Francesco Gardi. He's third up off a 21-day break. A six-year-old, he's drawn single digits. He's under 57 and a half. He's trained by Chris Waller. He was only three and a half lengths off them in the Maccabi Diva last start. Um, and obviously the step up to 2,000 metres is going to suit him. And, uh, you know, he's got Damien Laid on board, and I think um, I think he's a smoky at sort of 20 to 1 as well. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at bending around Romantic Warrior uh, in this race and looking at sort of Ossipenko, West Wind Blows, and, and maybe Francesco Guardia at a price. So no Sulcum? Uh, Falcom, I, I have as, as an pick. I think he's yep. been excellent both, both as runs as prep. Um, you know, he's being set for the Cups. He's going to get a fair way back. Uh, so whether, um, you know, it's just not this quite sort of a target race for him. Um, and I think he'll just be getting back and really rattling home. But I do have him, um, I do have him as sort of a fourth pick and, and I'd probably be having something, you know, at least as a saver on him because he can definitely well. Yeah, win. the key, I think, Solcom is that he's been missing the kick. So it doesn't matter where he draws. He's mm-hmm. been out the back. So... There's not too much space yeah. on paper anyway in this Turnbull stake. So if he's out the back, it doesn't matter how quick he runs home. It's it's basically mission impossible. And this romantic warrior, listening to you, he should be 100 to 1. Um, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because I heard Cam Luke talk about this on SEN track, on um, track side in the afternoon. If he does win on Saturday with the weight that he has to carry first up, and we know that he's a better horse second up, what price? What price? He starts a dollar eighty, doesn't he, in a Cox Plate if he wins tomorrow? Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty rare that we get horses you know, having that sort of price in the Cox Plate, apart from Winks. But um, 
if he puts them away tomorrow, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be hard to see what you get back to being in the Cox Plate. And in fact, you'll probably find a lot of horses might to even get scared off. Yeah. Um, and certainly horses that, that are that are trying to weigh up where to run the four-year-olds, like Amelia's Jewel, then might might just decide to go to the uh, the Golden Eagle instead. But um, uh, yeah, this is this is a test race, and I just think um, you know if I'd heard that he travelled well and um, you know might be a bit different, he's, he's already got quite a few historical sort of negatives in this race to to overcome trying to do it first up with 59 and the wide gate. But um, but he's obviously a class horse. It's just. Uh, you know, you want everything going right when you're yeah. international and just, um, you know, the, the feeding and the, and the different little things that I've sort of been hearing about. It's just, um, you know, it's hard to take $2.20 about a horse when you're hearing that kind of stuff. It's the great it's the great game because of the the, the situation with the rumours. Jeezy hasn't travelled well. He hasn't eaten up. And Danny Shum didn't help the cause when he we were on. I think it was um, Hutchie's Honkers and mentioning about the, the feed issue, that he couldn't get the feed from America to Australia and he'd been... Mm. struggling to struggling to get him to wait. But then I did a little bit more of some um, investigative work regarding Danny Shulman. They tell me he's one of the most fussiest trainers that make sure that he, he definitely dots the I's and crosses the T's and he's a perfectionist. So um, mm. he's traveled horses before and said something similar, even when he was foreman for some of the big stables, I think in Hong Kong, and they've just jumped out of the ground and won. Um, whether yeah. uh, when he's traveled overseas with horses before. So it's just one of those situations in this great game is that I don't think anyone knows until we see the race tomorrow afternoon, unfortunately. So whether you want to be brave enough to back in his ability and, and take that $2. Um, and I think tactics will play a major part. Looking at his races in Hong Kong, I think his biggest asset is his gate speed. So with a lack of speed really on paper, I think Macca... J Mac will put the push the button early and try and land in a a, a positive spot early, and then um, we'll see his class in the concluding stages. Oh, definitely. I think you know he maps he maps well. I think Goldman pushes forward, and then maybe Bank and, and Right You Are, um, Uncle Bryn might sort of push up on the inside. I, I, I think J Mac will probably be able to get him into a one-one pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, um, you know, as long as he doesn't get caught sort of free wide, and, and, and there was a bit of risk of that. Um, and you've got West Wind Blowers, who, who's sort of probably going to push forward as well. So, uh, you know, J Max's main aim is definitely going to be just to, to get the horse some cover and, and, and not get caught sort of three deep. Um, but not a ton of speed, so he should be able to posse up somewhere there. Now, let's have a look at the Hill Stakes, which is race seven at Rose Hill. Numerian's at $19. Sayrec at $9. Young Verta comes to Sydney for Danny O'Brien at $17. Then we go to Protagonist at $7.50. Huya Mel's had good support. Third up this preparation gets to a suitable distance, you would imagine, at $4.60. Hosey is $16. Montefilia. Nash jumps aboard at $4, hinged at $11, and then we go down to Fireburn. Geez, Gary Portelli gave her a really good push there yesterday when I had a chat to him on Giddy Up Stable Mail, and then he's a shocker at $17. Who wins the Hill Stakes this year, Dino? Yeah, look, there's a, there's a fair bit of speed here. Um, my database has them going pretty quickly with the likes of sort of Hosier, uh, Hemsright push-up, uh, Numerian as well. You've got sort of Young Werther. Um, moving forward as well, I think the horse that seems to map really perfectly just behind them is is Zay Rec. And I've been uh, you know watching him really closely this prep. Uh, he was a good fourth first up in the in the tramway. Um, he had really good to late 
late sectionals there was plus 7.1 for the last 600. And then again in the seven stakes behind sort of think it over and Zaki, um, you know, he, he, was, he was really sort of solid again, plus 8.2 for the last 600. So I think he's tracking along really well. I think, you know, Tommy Berry coming aboard is a really, really positive pointer. Um, and, and this is the horse that, that always just seems to um, excel sort of at his, at his sort of third up run, um, and, you know, in the last couple of preps, he won the, won the Neville Selwood third up uh, last prep, and that was sort of his best run um, from a ratings perspective of the prep. Uh, and you can just see that he's been geared up 1,400 a mile to really peak for this race um, over the 1,900. You know, I think it's sort of the, the $9 available. He looks a really, really good bet. Uh, you know, Montefiore is a horse that, you know, I've been, I've been close to all prep. I, I thought she was just a bit disappointing in the Kingston town um, on face value. But then, of course, considering what Just Fine um, has been doing um, and that, you know, crazy sort of hot speed, 14 lengths uh, quicker than, than par for the first sectional, um, you know, the, the profile of race might just not have suited her. And obviously, this again, her fourth up here, $2 million race has been the target for for Chris Waller, and, and he certainly knows how to target a, a horse for the right race. So um, I have to give Montefiore sort of one more one more chance here, and, and what's clearly her her sort of grand final race, I think, for the prep. But I, I quite like they reckon, um, and then Montefiore is, is a two to beat here. It's going to be a great days racing, and it's only the start because next week we we, we might need two hours, Dino, with the races that will be on <laughs> offer next week. We'll have. Everest Day with the Everest and the King Charles to highlight the programs there, even the Kosciuszko. And then at Caulfield, you'll be a little bit nervous. King Colorado will be representing Winning Edge Investments in the Group 1 Caulfield Guineas, taking on Militarise and Step Party. We've got the Might and Power, the Turak. We still don't know where Amelia's Jewel is going. So can't wait for next Friday, mate, already. Yeah, what a day. What a day it's going to be. That's an absolutely massive Massive race day um, in both states, and, and and you know most of the most of the top horses um, are going to be running um, in, in something in a, in, on that day. So yeah, really looking forward to that. And, and King Colorado sort of settled in all right in, in Melbourne, and we're hearing some positive sort of uh, words from the Mars stable. So yeah, we're getting excited, and um, and I'll be there on Saturday. Just keep a lid on it, mate. Just keep a lid on it. I'm still got track work <laughs> on Tuesday. Thanks for that, Dean. Thanks, He's a great man, Dean Evans. WinningEdgeInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the spring racing carnival. Chances are you're about to lose. If you want to back a winner this, this weekend, head to Winning Edge Investments, sign up as a new member. You type in SEN and you get a 50% discount, lifetime discount, if you put in SEN. So that's terrific value there with the successful Winning Edge Investment team. Let's take a quick break. It's 9.18. This is Giddy Up on a Friday. After the break, we'll catch up with Nick Ashman to go through some of the other feature races as well on a Saturday. And, of course, we'll concentrate at Flemington and also at Rose Hill. In uh, Nick Ashman from thebeatenfavourite.com and also, of course, from the great tip-off. And he's the co-host of the Sydney set, which you can listen to on the SEN app or at 11.70 in Sydney each Saturday morning. Nicholas, good morning to you. Morning, Gareth. Uh, wow, we were just blessed, aren't we? We had grand final weekend last uh, last weekend, AFL and NRL, both thriller finishes, and then uh, good racing right across the weekend. Friday night, Moya Stakes. Saturday, obviously, the respective states. Sunday, we had a, a good meeting as well. And then again on Monday, we had um, Warwick Farm. So uh, it, the show... 
rolls on though and this Saturday we've got the Turnbull Stakes which is a, a real pivotal race in terms of Melbourne Cup calculations we'll speak about that in a moment's time and of course the speaking of the Melbourne Cup the winning you're in via the Bark Cummings mm. and we've got First Immortal who's co-trained by Mark Cavanagh of course Cav won the 2009 Melbourne Cup was shocking so uh, can he get another one in uh, 14 years later we'll find out in about 24 hours or so so let's have a chat about the Turnbull I was just having a chat about this race with Dean Evans and then when I threw the break I asked our our family here on Giddy Up like is he just time and hose tomorrow Romantic Warrior? History tells you that he's got some obstacles to overcome but he's different mm. gravy to his opposition and as I mentioned before what price does he start in a Cox Plate if he wins tomorrow because he'll be back to wait for age and uh, his second up record's far better than his first up record which is quite scary for his opposition if he turns up and and lives up to his his rating and gets the job done? Yeah, I think it's just as simple as if he turns up within one or two lengths of his best, he wins. there's pretty much no way they can beat him, Gareth. He's yeah. got a time form rating of 127. To give that some context, our Group 1 races usually rate in the sort of early to mid-120s uh, on with time form. And um, the real top-line Group 1 winners over the years, sort of getting that high 120s. And then your elites, like Black Caviar and Winks, they crack the 130 mark. So he's right up there with the best in terms of an international rating. The problem for him, and you've probably heard this damning statistic, 18 Hong Kong Gallifers have lined up across 47 races in Australia over the past two or three decades. And only one horse, Cape of Good Hope, back in 2000, <coughs> excuse me, 2005, has been able to win a race. So it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Hong Kong horses, Australia. This is probably the best one that's been out here. But I doubt very much whether the other horses haven't been good enough to win. It must just be something to do. Maybe it's the fact that the way they're trained over there is very different to how uh, things are out here in Australia. They're trained out of a box. It's tight quarters. There's not as much space to move. And that suits some horses. And you'll know... Over the years, in, in lesser-known races, Gareth, you hear trainers post-race saying, oh, we got him from Hong Kong. And to be honest, he's just thrived out in the yard with open space. And it's so vastly different to the way we train here in Australia that I think horses can either go forwards or backwards depending on what their previous form was. So the $2.25 is value. If you know he's going to turn up at his best, he's probably more like a $1.60 chance. But it's a big, big if. And speaking of the Turnbull... We've had five of the last seven local winners of the, Australia, of the Melbourne Cup have raced in the Turnbull. And most of them, like Gold Trip and Very Elegant, have sort of finished fourth or fifth. So from a local's point of view, the Turnbull's probably been the best guide over the past decade Melbourne Cup. And the only horse to complete that double in that time was Green Moon in 2012 for Lloyd Williams and Robert Hickmont. It's going to be a great race. There's so many different questions that need to be answered. And I can't, I think it's great for the spring carnival. You get a dead set superstar. He's world-class romantic warrior. Like what price would Golden 60 be here if he turned up here at Flemington on a Saturday afternoon? So he's definitely the, he's definitely the horse to beat. I did some, and I was talking to Dean Evans about this. Danny Shum, they tell me is the complete perfectionist. He's a little bit like you that, um, if a horse doesn't eat one little bit, he, he's saying that it's not good enough in a way. And he's had success mm. traveling horses overseas before. 
um, especially as a foreman to some of the biggest stables in Hong Kong before he went out on his own as a trainer. And this has been a, a plan for a long time to get him here and to have success. So it will be interesting, but from a punting perspective, what are you doing? If you, are you, are you letting this race go because you, the, un, the unknown with a, a romantic warrior or are you thinking that you found some value here in this year's Turnbull Stakes? I think there's a bit of value. Look, he, he reminds me a bit of Nature Strip. Obviously, two totally different horses, but Nature Strip was a horse that if he turned up at his best, he'd just blow his rivals to smithereens. But he did put in an average run from time to time. And so it was always hard betting in races where Nature Strip, or I found it hard anyway, betting in races where Nature Strip was, it was engaged as good as he was. I, I'm a big fan of Francesco Guardi, big Frankie G. Yes. Uh, I think this horse, what he did in the Mooney Valley Cup last spring, that was real top-line stayer material on that occasion. He gave Luna Flair a galloping lesson, and she might be a bit out of form so far this spring, but we know when she's right, she's very, very good. Uh, he's third up here. What he did last time out, there was a lot of hidden merit to that performance when beaten 3.4 lengths by Mr. Brightside and the Maccabi Diva Stakes. He was four weeks between runs, second up at a mile off you know, a 10-month break with, uh, with just a couple of trials up in Sydney going into this preparation. So... He, for mine, is the big improver out of that race. He was only a couple of lengths or less than two lengths off his stablemate, Osipenko. And you'd have to expect him to improve more than Osipenko out of the Maccabi Diva, given their base fitness levels going into, those, into that race. So I think him at around that $20 mark presents some pretty good each-way value in the race. Osipenko, the thing is, it's hard to say whether that 6 or 6.50 this morning on Friday morning, Gareth, is value because... Yeah. The reality is, is Romantic Warrior could start at $1.75. If the pros get a hold of him, he comes right in. If they base it on his international rating, he should be off the map. But if people think that he's not going to turn up at his best, he could get out towards $2.75, 3 bucks, And then all of a sudden, that market percentage has got to go somewhere else. And I suspect it'll go towards a horse like Osipenko. So yeah. for mine, on Friday morning, I'm having an each way play on Frankie G. And I'm going to watch the market late. I think I think he'll be he'll be around that quote anyway, romantic warrior, because it's a world pool meeting with him competing there at Flemington, and that means there'll be a lot of Asian money involved in the the tote pool anyway. So I think he'll mm. he'll stay around that quote. He might even get a little shorter, romantic warrior. What about in the Bart Cummings? You win this race, you're in. Um, has he got a run yet? First immortal, um, Cardini's he... scratch. He's the first emergency still. Is he still the first emergency? Okay, I thought yeah. he got in because of Fancy Man coming out, but um, I, I haven't had a proper look. But he, look, if he gets in, he's definitely the one. Uh, he's a really exciting horse, this Galloper. There's only three Australian-bred horses in the Bar Cummings this year. I think there's seven Irish-bred horses, four French-bred horses, three Aussies, three Kiwis, and a Pom lining up in the race. So we've got a nice spread of, uh, of uh, diversification, if you like, of cultures yes. within the equine front. Uh, but he's He's the one flying the ship for Australia. He's won seven of his 13 starts, three from four at Flemington. Sorry, he's got yeah, to run, Nicholas. I apologise to interrupt. He has got to run first immortal, so he will start in the Bart yeah. Cummings. Yeah, and he's definitely the one. He's got a sticky gate to contend with, though. He's drawn out in barrier 20, and he comes in a couple with those scratchings. But 2,500 metre start, I know it's 2,520, but it goes straight into a bend. You've got about 80 or 100 metres, and then you start turning. So... That's going to be the trick for Daniel Stackhouse is where does he get to in the run? But all things being equal, his win last start, don't be perturbed by the fact he's coming out of a benchmark 78. Yes, it's a big leap, but he was a benchmark, uh, sorry, he was a 
a listed winner during the winter over this track and trip. And he carried 63 kilos last time out. Now, for those that like their weights and measures, most people, Gareth, will say once you get to 2,000 metres and beyond, one kilo is worth one length. So if you're dropping nine kilos on weights and measures, some people will, will say his performance can improve nine lengths. Obviously, he has to improve his stack coming out of the benchmark 78, but I think he's definitely the one to beat. Other horses just to watch out for in that race, Athabaskan for John O'Shea was gilded ahead of this preparation. John's been pretty vocal this week about how much better this horse is since he's been gilded and since he's found dry tracks, and he should get that again at uh, headquarters tomorrow. And then Serpentine, there was a bit of, bit of money for this horse, I think uh, two starts ago when he resumed in the Tats Cup at Sydney. He was second to Athabaskan on that occasion. He was maybe a little bit disappointing last time out over this track and distance, but he might be one that can bounce back for Gay and Adrian in those famous Lloyd Williams colours. So I'm very much with uh, First Immortal. I'm so excited. I really hope he can win on Saturday, Gareth, because I think it's a real boost for the Aussie staying ranks. And it'll be great to go there on the first Tuesday of November with a real life hope that was bred right here in Australia. Yeah, I love him, the son of Churchill. I, I agree with you. I think it would be it will do wonders for the VRC and the Melbourne Cup with the narrative leading in into our great race if first immortal can win the, the Bart Cummings. Are you taking a dollar what price we're we getting now for Lady Grace or Princess Grace, I should say? A dollar fifty five there no, in the Rose I of Kingston. I can't take it. Look, I, I, he, she's obviously got the right form line. She's, she's run into Mr. Brightside in two of her three runs, this preparation. She's raced a group one weight for age level at all three runs. And so she's got the right form line. But good mounting yard judges have told me that she's been pretty tuned up right through this preparation. And so I'm not sure if there's a real lot of improvement to come from her. Whereas I think some of these other horses, a horse like Life Lessons was similar to Frankie G. She was four weeks between runs going into her last start effort. She was beaten a length by Amelia's Jewel. Well, Amelia's Jewel is shorter than um, Mr. Brightside in Cox Plate Market. So there can't be that big a difference between those two form references. And I'm getting sort of 9 or $10 or 8 or $9 about life lessons. I'll take her with the 55 yes. over the 57 for Princess Grace. The other one in that race that I think is the forgotten horse, Gareth, is Star Tontes. She's been a little bit out of mm. form, but I reckon there's maybe been some excuses for that. First up, she didn't handle going down the straight to Bobby Lewis. That was against the boys. She's second up here. She's a two-time winner, second up from the spell. She's a group one winner over the 1,400 metres. And if she can get somewhere near back to her best with Mickey D in the saddle, who's riding exceptionally well over the past six or nine months, then she looks like a great price at around the 20 to 1 mark. All right, then. So I like the confidence there with the Robbie Heathcote train mare, Startantes. What about at Rose Hill? You're going to the Alan Brown as a race that you want to concentrate on. Cepheus is $6 for Manny Dunn with Bet365. But then we get to the Waller Runners, Waterford at four eighty, and Alentia at $9. Uh, your thoughts there? Yeah, look, I, I, it's, a, it's a really good race, this one. A, a cracking event. I'm with Detonator Jack here. Yep. Uh, he was super when he resumed in the Regal Roller um, over 1,200 metres. You've got to remember, this is a horse that went around in a SA Derby earlier in his career, over 2,500 metres. Uh, and here he is showing up in a, in a listed race 12, over 1,200 metres. So he's extremely versatile. Four weeks between runs, was wide no cover over 1,400 metres in the Sofitel last time out, was only beaten half a length by Colino. Uh, and Tino's come out of that race and won last Sunday, beating here to shock at Sandown in a good race. And he's the second favourite for the Turak handicap behind the star, Amelia's Jewel. So he's got the right form lines. 
He draws barrier one. And he's a horse with not a lot of gate speed. But I just wonder if from barrier one, he can posse up a bit closer in the run now. Uh, maybe it was just a barrier that he needed to draw. Jason Collard in the saddle. He strikes at 20% when he tees up with the Ma Eustace camp with good profitability. I think he'll suit the horse who likes to sort of slingshot into the race. And I expect him to peak here third up from the spell. And he's got a terrific third up record. He's unbeaten when he gets to this stage of his preparation. And last prep, he beat pounding by half a length over 1,600 metres when third up. And that looks like a pretty good form reference for a race of this nature. So each way at around the $8 mark, getting out of jack. All right, then. And the new Melbourne Cup Week package through the beaten favourite.com. Tell us about that, Nick. Yeah, it's, look, I'm really excited about this. It's going to be up on the website. I'm meeting with the web designer in about an hour and a half. It's 100 You pay $100. Uh, we give you the full staking plan for all four days of the Melbourne Cup Week. You've got to register. We're only going to keep the numbers limited because we don't want the price prices to go. Uh, you pay $100 for the week, so it's $25 a day. If you don't return, if we don't return you a profit for the week, you get your $100 back full refund. So oh, that'll that? be out by the back end of today. We're super confident each and every year as we are with so much data available by the time you get to the Melbourne Cup Week that we can deliver our audience a profit, so much so that we're going to offer a full refund if we don't. So, so when's it go on sale then? I better get in. <laughs> it'll be up there this afternoon. So, uh, look, it'll be tweeted out at the Beaten Fave on Twitter. We'll let you know when it's out there. And, uh, yeah, jump on board. It uh, should be a lot of fun, Cup Week. And the Sydney set's flying with Mickey Gaddon tomorrow morning from 7 o'clock previewing Hill Stakes Day. Looking forward to that, mate. So um, we'll hear your voice tomorrow morning. Yeah, definitely. We've got Timmy Clark on the show tomorrow. So he'll go through his rides at Rose Hill. Hopefully he can... Uh, Steer us into a couple of winners. He's a good man, Timmy Clark. So good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks, G. In South Australia, and our man Mitchy Lewis from formguidebreakdowns.com, who's been on fire of recent time, joins us now to go through his best. Hello to you, Mitch. We'll start with Flemington, mate. Looks like, I tell you what, it, it's overcast again in Melbourne today. Um, if we don't get any more showers, I think we'll get to a good track, but um, it's definitely. I don't think it's definitely drying conditions in, in Melbourne over the next 24 hours. So it'd be interesting to see what this track does come up at. Well, the wind's the key generally, isn't it, Garrison? My um, weathermen tell me there's a little bit of wind today, but not too much tomorrow. So I think you're spot on there. I'm Between a good four and a soft five is where I'm aiming. So it'll still play as even as you'd imagine, I'd say. All right, mate. Take it away with your specials. So three specials for me at Flemington. I'm going to kick off in race five with number three, I Am Unstoppable. So I think he gets his chance to turn the tables on Archo Nacho today, who beat him last time. He meets him slightly better off in the weight. Now, I Am Unstoppable, if you go back and look at his closing split through his short career, he, he's very, very sharp. And he just had a little bit of trouble at the 300-meter mark last time when Archo Nacho got him, but he was making up the ground late. So... I think with a, a little bit more even luck there today, he looks the one to me, um, just needs that luck. If he finds a gap, watch for him to explode. Let's have three units on him, Gareth. So three units there on I'm Unstoppable. Lloyd Kennewell gave him a good push on Giddy Up's stable mail, which you can listen to whenever you want, just by subscribing to Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. So I like that push with I'm Unstoppable. What else have you got for us, mate? Race six, number 10, life lessons. So I've got no knock on Princess Grace. I think she's got a good setup and she's probably going to go pretty close, but I don't like to play down at $1.65. So I'm keen to be with life lessons each way. She was a length off Amelia's Jewel last start. And we know that could potentially be one of the best form lines going around by the end of spring. 
Um, she was a massive improver last prep when she was third up. So if she improves at a similar level like she did back then tomorrow, I, I reckon she can run a race and go close to Princess Grace. And if Princess Grace ends up with a little bit of bad luck or something, perhaps life lessons could run over the top of her. So I reckon we'll go one to win, two to place. All right, one by two is life lessons. And what else have you got for us at Flemington, mate? Race nine, number two, Star Patrol. He absolutely loves going down the straight. Uh, I think he's got improvement to come off that first up run, and he still won that relatively well. So if he improves, you'd expect him to be pretty hard to beat. He's drawn in the middle of the track, down the straight. I think he just puts himself in a good position, and he should be winning. We'll have four units on him. So four units there on Star Patrol around 250 with Bet365. What are we doing at Murray Bridge? Yeah, big day at Murray Bridge. It's the Murray Bridge Cup. So listed race there, 10, 10 races on the card, and they've even got a two-year-old race. So I'm just pulling it up now, Gareth. My first best bet, um, technology, mate, I tell you, the map. <laughs> race five, number three, the map. So I've got a lot of time for this mare. She's a talented stayer. And I think she gets her ideal set up today. So she's third up now and she's up to the 2,000 metres. That's perfect for her. She really hit the line nicely behind a horse called Chicago Storm over the 1,400 metres, which suggests to me she should be going close. She's uh, performed well at listed in group level in her last prep. So she goes around in a benchmark grade here today. With even luck from that inside barrier, she'll be strong through the line. You know that. So I think we could have... Uh, what price is she at currently? Let's have... A unit and a half on her, Gareth. All right, then a unit and a half on her. Um, the map, what else are we doing? We're going to go to the Cup. So race nine, number two, Lord Vladivostok Vostok for Michael Hickmont. I'm going to tip you two Michael Hickmont horses here. He absolutely loves to dominate this day on his home track. Um, his, and his season stats, he's absolutely flying. So 38 starts this season. He's had 14 winners. He's striking at 36.8%, and his return on investment is 110 I know he likes to target the day, so I'm expecting him to be flying. I think his horse, number two, Lord Vlad of Vostok, can win the cup. Yep. He's got a perfect sense of timing for me, Lord Vlad. So he's running this race twice before. He's finished third in 2021 and second in 2022. I like the timing. Uh, he came out first up carrying a huge weight and absolutely dominated a field that was reasonably strong at benchmark 82 level. He showed a huge turn of foot, and he's since had a freshen up trial. If he if he turns okay. up like he did in that first up run, he should blow him away. All right. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall, with you on this Friday, four minutes past ten. Mitchie Lewis has been good enough to stay on the line as we went to the news. He's done his selections there for Flemington. He's, he's with I Am Unstoppable, Life Lessons, and Star Patrol. And on Murray Bridge Cup Day, he likes the map. Lord Vladivostok. And he's got a unit and a half on the map, and Lord Vladivostok at three eighty. What? How many units on that that galloper there, Mitchie? Let's have two point five, Gareth. So two. I need to round them up. Those little one point fives that sit around. All right, then, mate. So. And you got to, and you got a winner for us in the last. Yeah, another Michael Hickmont runner. Like I touched on, he's absolutely flying, and he loves this day. So I'm sure he'd love nothing than a double to finish the race. We're going to be with number ten, Wine Baron. So it was a horror watch for punters first up. I think she was back from about three fifty into a dollar sixty-five. Everybody wanted to be with her, and she was slow away, and she found herself in a really awkward position in running. She's hit the line pretty well, but um, never really picked up. So, I think she can improve second up. I think she's a progressive type. I, I rate her higher than a BM sixty-four grade. So she was second in last year's Adelaide Guineas. So she should go close today. She's drawn barrier three, and they put Todd Panel on her. 
I'm expecting the, some positive moves. And if she jumps away clean and is in a better position, I think she'll be better placed here today. Uh, let's have three units on her, go. So three units at $3.40. Love your work, Mitchie. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, but enjoy Murray Bridge Day, Murray Bridge Cup Day, and also Turnbull Stakes Day in Melbourne. Oh, we've got to get through Morpherville and the Valley tonight as well, yep. Gareth. So I've been a busy boy over the last couple of days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your tips a little later on with Bag of Tips in this yep. next half an hour, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. You have a good day. I'll catch you tomorrow. Same. There's Mitchie Lewis there. The new McCrispy. It's the next big thing. Try today at Mac is available after 10.30. That's where I'll be going straight after this. And thanks to Racing New South Wales, Ray Hickson joins us now to go through his best at Rose Hill there tomorrow, highlighted by the Hill Stakes. G'day, Ray. G'day, Gareth. I'm hearing any rumours or any confirmed details regarding the other slots um, <laughs> that are yet to be confirmed in the Everest? Oh, gee, um, every second person you talk to tells you a different thing. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't go with alcohol-free. I mean, it's a free hit, really, isn't it? They yeah. own the slot, they own the horse. Um, I, I don't know where else they'd go with it. I mean, I know there's the invitation in a couple of weeks' time that might be a suitable race for her, but there's no reason why she couldn't run in the Everest too. So yeah. um, maybe they might just see if something pops up tomorrow that might excite them, but I, I'd be surprised if it's anything else than alcohol-free because they paid 700 for the slot. It's 700 finishing in the second half of the field, so yeah. they can't lose on the race. They can only win. Yeah interesting someone was telling me today there's a few people in fact telling me that Yearlong are trying to do a deal with Imperatrice and Tiako Racing but I, I rang David Ellis and had a chat to some friends at Yearlong and they say Gareth um, we don't know what you're talking about they <laughs> might be keeping it close to their chest still but I, I don't it's, maybe um, they're trying to buy her yeah that's what I'm th that's what I think they're trying to do that's what I got told anyway but they've they've denied those rumors so anyway um, that's what makes the Everest so great because you've got everybody talking. Um, it's going to be a bit last minute now if they threw Imperatriz into the race anyway because she's being prepared for a 1,200-metre race in, in two or three weeks' time, yep. isn't she? So it would it would be highly unusual for them to completely turn things around when they've said no, 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 no for the last yeah. month. Yeah, um, I agree and, with and all you. all of a sudden throw her in. So, um, but who knows, Gareth? Strange yep. things happen. Correct. Who wins tomorrow, mate? Where do we start with your specials? Uh, yeah, race four, number seven, Extravagant Star. Um, love the way that Kieran and David have got this uh, mare going. She lost her way there as a three-year-old, but she's come back in great form. And look, the race panned out for her brilliantly um, when we last saw her about six weeks ago. This race is going to pan out just as brilliantly for her, I can see on paper. She's going to follow a good speed across, get into a lovely trailing spot, peel into the clear at the right time, and she shows the kind of sprint that she did to win uh, that race uh, six weeks ago. I, I don't think... I think she'll win again. I'm not, I'm not concerned about the gate. Uh, sorry, the, the gap between runs. She was scratched from a race last week or the week before, so she's been ticking over, waiting for the right race, and I think this might be the right one. So race four, number seven, is the first of them. We will skip over the Roman Consul and the Tap Craig, and we will go to the Hill Stakes, race seven, number seven, Who Yamal. Another horse that I think is... Just about ready to, to show its best. Um, obviously, it came out here last year and ran in the Melbourne Cup and started somewhat in the market. Again, Adrian have turned him into more of a sort of a mile and middle distance horse. And I thought his two runs at Wait for Age have been uh, excellent so far. This preparation goes up to the 1,900 metres now. I think we'll see him ridden a little bit closer to the speed than he was in, in those two runs. 
I just thought he's the one with the best depth of form in this race. Um, heading on the way up, heading to a distance range that he's going to be much more accomplished at. And uh, the way Gay and Adrian are, are going, they could train me to win a race at the moment. Yes. So uh, race seven, number seven, who you mal. And we'll head on down for our last one, Gareth, to race number nine. And we'll look at number five, Magic Time, and by Graham Begg. Uh, obviously, she had no luck at all first up there uh, at Caulfield a few weeks ago. Our score has confirmed the form running second to Imperatriz last start. This race, again, looks to pan out perfectly for her. There's a lot of good speed in there from the likes of uh, Queen of the Ball, particularly. Um, and uh, Paracel coming across from that wide gate. So I think she can find herself just in a nice spot midfield. We know she handles the Sydney way. Um, yeah, plenty of ticks for magic time. So those are the three I'm keen on. Um, race four, number seven. Race seven, number seven. And race nine, number five. All right, mate. Enjoy tomorrow. Then get set for a massive week next week. Look forward to catching up it with you then, Ray. A massive week. Thanks, mate. Kalgoorlie. It's their cup meeting. It's their. It's a feature meeting in the West tomorrow afternoon. And Riley Morgan joins us. G'day, Riley. Um, what do you make of this Kalgoorlie meeting? Where do we start with your bets? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. And obviously, it was a, a pretty good day for the punters out there on course on Wednesday. So I think it's, a, it's a definitely a lot more tricky program this weekend. So I think the bookies might get a bit back. I think there's a bit of value to be had on the program, but that's not the case in the opening event, race number one. I'm pretty keen on race on horse number five here, Barney's World for Luke Fernie, who just looks really hard to beat in the opener. I'm not sure if he's still black figures, Gareth. I haven't had a look at the prices or got them on me, but he went to a Saturday three-year-old plate last start off a six-week freshen up and ran second to zip away in a really fast-run race, so posted a strong figure there. And while drawn widest here looks potentially a little bit tricky, in his favour he's shown some versatility in his career to date. So dropping a kilo from a three-year-old plate on a Saturday back into a May, that's a terrific placement. And I think only some bad luck in running can have wide draw beats him. How many units? I get you $2 with bet 365. We'll go two and a half units here, Gareth. No race one, Barney's World. Yep. Beautiful. What else are we doing? We've got to race number two. Happy to back on each way here for Hayden Ballantyne, so likeable, who's got a terrific record at the track at Kalgoorlie. And, and likeable is exactly what this setup is. At his first run for Hayden Ballantyne last day, he, he carried the 61.5 kilos and was never better than three, four deep without cover on the course. And, and while it was a weaker class of race, he just kept coming at them there to run second. And second up here, drops five kilos down to the 56.5 at, at his favourite track. And in a race that really lacks any speed, I think Sean McGrady should be able to roll across and, and find the top. And, and when he's able to do so, he's always a really difficult horse to run down, especially Gareth on a hot day at Kalgoorlie. The leaders can be hard to get to, and hoping that could be the case here as he continues to, to drift in the market after opening up at 360. But he's 360 after $6 currently at the moment, and that's an, an easy each way bet for me. All right, mate, have you got anything else for us? Yeah, we do. We go a little bit deeper on the programming back into the, the second half of the card, and my best bet comes up in race seven, Gareth, and at a bit of a price, too. I think the market's been really generous with the price on offer here about race seven, number five, near Harchi for Peter Fernie and Quinn Johnson-Porter. I'm, I'm happy on a very tricky card to make him my best at the current each-way odds available. He comes to a really fast run, Tom Sayers Memorial Sprint, and drops three and a half kilos here and gets the senior aboard in, in Quinn Johnson-Porter for Cassie Martin. And, and given that was his first up effort, he was never on the track throughout, which was huge considering how hard they went there in running. And I just love the map for him here, despite the tricky draw on paper. You've got two noted leaders who go hard early and little to no tactical speed outside that duo. So I think CJ should be able to press forward and just tuck in behind them and 
second up last prep, he was only beaten a, a small margin in a really strong Saturday race at Belmont. And so with the close to double figures available off the strength of that first up effort, Gareth, I think it's each way all day about Mahachi here in race seven. How many units there? I can get you $10 and three twenty. We're going to go one unit each way there, Gareth. I think that's a great bet. Beautiful. And what about So Likeable? So Likeable will go one unit each way as well, mate. That's right. an easy bet to have too. All right, mate. You enjoy Kalgoorlie tomorrow. We appreciate your time. Beautiful. Thanks, Gareth. It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold goes, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. Dean Watling from deanwatling.com joins us to go through his staking plan for a Saturday at Rose Hill. G'day, Dino. Morning, Gareth. Take it away, mate. Where do we start with your place? Yeah, I'm not normally one to, to dive into these highway races, but I think there's a good betting opportunity on Saturday there at Rose Hill. We had a little bit of rain overnight, but soft fire, but we should get back to a good four um, by tomorrow. I think race one, number 11, Atmospheric Rock has his hoof on the till. He's been great in three runs back for the Danny Williams stable, really savaging the line. He hasn't had the best of luck with gates and barriers and... Uh, luck in transit, but he gets a lovely setup here from Gate A. Just one of the weaker highways additions, which I think is to do with uh, the Kosciuszko coming up. I think all the good sort of highway horses are out of the mix. Um, so I think we can kick off today with race one, number 11, Atmospheric Rock. We'll have uh, two units from him, please, Gareth. All right, then, two units at 3.20. What else are you doing, mate? Race five, race today, the Roman console stakes. Plenty of questions which should get answered on Saturday. I'm happy enough to stick with the favourite osmosis. I thought it was brilliant first up, giving away race fitness, sitting outside the leader on a hot tempo and still putting a margin on them. I think he's only got improvement to come, lands in a similar spot, and we know how important it is. So the 1,200-metre shoot start there at Rose Hill to land up on speed. So I think osmosis goes back-to-back and makes it four from four. I think the danger is Celestial Legend, but I'm going to have three units on race five, number three, osmosis. And then we move to race nine, the Nivison. One of the better races of the day. This rain overnight's probably evened the track up a little bit. I think the drier the, the track there with the rail in the true at Rose Hill, the more on pace it is. That does suit uh, race nine, number four, Queen of the Ball. She was great first up. A day you didn't want to lead, and Paracel just nutted her right on the line. She comes out of a strong rating, Scirocco Stakes, won by Sunshine and Paris, who was obviously um, picked for the Everest prior to an injury. We saw Espiona coming out of that race to win since, and a tissue run well since, too. So I think that's the key form line. Gets control of the race, no real speed. I think Queen of the Ball will be too good for them. So we're going to have one unit on race nine, number four. I think Magic time is the danger now with this little bit of cut in the ground. That horse loves it, a little bit of cut, and um, has had a smart tick over trial, but happy enough to stick with Queen of the Ball there, Gareth, and that rounds out my bets there on a tricky day at Rose Hill. Beautiful, mate. Go and get them. You've been on fire, Dino. We appreciate your time as always. Enjoy your weekend. You too, mate, and good luck to all the punters. Thanks, Gareth. There's Riley Morgan there. Let's get stuck into bag of tips on this Friday. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com Mitchie Lewis has been busy. He's done all the form for us at Mooney Valley, Warnable and Morfordville. At Mooney Valley, he likes race five, number 12, and that's Flyway. And he is having one unit by two on that Galloper. And then he likes race seven, number five, Thrill. Three units on that Galloper. And he's also playing race seven, number eight there. And that is Eddie Ann. He's got three units on that galloper there at Mooney Valley today. So 
Hopefully to fill up there for Mitchie Lewis. Just going through his units plays again. So race five at Mooney Valley, horse number um, 12, Flyway. So he's got one by two at $8.50 and $2.60 there with bet 365. Race seven, number five, Thrilled. He's having three units on that galloper at $2. And then race eight, horse number eight, and that is Eddie Ann. And he is having three units on that galloper at $2 as well. At Warnable today, he's only got the one play, and that's in race number seven. It's horse number seven, and it is Atala. And he is having um, how many units there at Atala? He's having a unit on that galloper at $5. And then at Morphville today, I think this is Jacko's horse, Jackson France, our producer, Kinetic Jewel. Race one, number 12. He is having four units there at $2. That horse has been well supported. Jacko's left us out again. So four units there at $2. Um, and then he likes race six, number two there at Morphville today. And that is Santastico at $4.40. He's having a unit there at that quote with bet 365. And then race seven, horse number seven is his play. And that's in the darkness. And he's having two units there at $3. Tari today, Mickey Gannon, he likes race seven, number three, and that is Superior. It's a big day there today, Tari, Tari Cup Day. And then Alicia Roma, race eight, number three, the plays there from Mickey Gannon. Um, thanks to Garrett's horse and hound for all of the equine essentials. Race one, number seven for Darren Carroll there, Elder Baron Vera, four units. And then race one, number three, at Mildura today, he likes Pirate of Zanzibar, and he's going to have three units on that pacer. So three units and four units there with uh, Darren Carroll's play, and that's thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hound stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. The Ladbrokes Million Dollar Chase, October 13. We've got the semifinals there tomorrow. It's a ripper night of greyhound racing, however, tonight there at Wentworth Park, and just going through the selections from Simon Orchard. He likes race one, number one, Zipping Kansas. So race one, number one, Zipping Kansas there. And at Magistrate, race six, number one, the story there for Simon Orchard at Wentworth Park. So um, semi-finals of the Million Dollar Chase tonight. What a night of action that is. So race one, number one, Zipping Kansas. Race six, number one, Magistrate. And race 10, number six, Mortified, are his plays there. So race one, number one, race six, number one, and race 10, number six. That's the world's richest greyhound race, the Million Dollar Chase, Wentworth Park, October 13. And grnz.co.nz for everything uh, New Zealand greyhound racing. At Ascot Park, Matt Claridge likes race eight, number five, Apawa Jackson. He wants two units there. And uh, race 12, number three, Mini Gem, he wants four units there. And then what else does he like there? Um, Hattrick Dogs, race two, number three, Charlie Horse, three units. Race seven, number two, Logger for Life, a unit each way. So we love our dogs. They love to race. Check out GRNZ for everything New Zealand Greyhounds.